And now for the thousands in attendance and the millions of people that wish they were sitting in front of my bar at the moment, welcome to the fifth episode of At The Bar with Yo Adrian, where I explore the lives and times of some really interesting people. One of those interesting people happens to be sitting straight in front of me at the moment, and it's a good morning to... Well, it's been a long time. We were, spo- we were supposed to be here in uh, June. We were, we were scheduled for the 26th of June. We finally got out of this COVID lockdown, and Scott Kaplan's here to join us this morning. How are you, Scott? Good, mate. How are you? Very, very well, That's mate. Good. Now, Scott is a qualified life and mindset coach. He's going to tell us all about it. But before we go any further, we're going to do, do something not different, of course, because we always have to start off with a drink. Offer him a McAllen's 18 years. So, now, mind you, this is one of the, this is the La Creme, La Creme scotches, this one. So, he, he said he wanted a smooth scotch. He's going to get one, am I? Thanks, mate. Uh, now, I'm going to try the Lagavulin. It's a peaty scotch. Not for everyone, this one, but I love it. There's mine. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Adrian. There you go. Thanks, mate. Ah, delicious. Beautiful. Nothing better than having a drink in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and it is smooth, isn't it? Mate, it's about as smooth as it gets. <clears throat> <laughs> anyway, we're going to talk about this great gift that Scott's got where he makes people, inspires people, makes them better versions of themselves. And it's one of those careers where I think people would really, really flourish from it. I know myself, I got the services of uh, Scott for my second eldest son and it helped him immensely just to get back on track with things in his life and to give him focus. I, I can't play him any more compliments. Like, just the session he had with my son was unbelievable. Anyway, now, Scotty, is there a difference between a life coach and, say, a therapist, counsellor, or a psychologist? Yeah, there's probably a, a few differences. I mean, you know, clinical psychology, you know, psychotherapy, it's, it's, it's degree qualified. It probably goes back to Sigmund Freud laid back on the couch and tell me about your childhood sort of stuff. Yep. Um, life coaching, mindset coaching, probably more of a new age thing, last 10, 20 years. Um, you know, certain stigma about it, which we'll probably touch on. But uh, I suppose, I mean, my history is working in the fitness industry for 25 years, moving on from helping people with their health and fitness to then you know, I did okay in fitness for a number of years and ended up business mentoring. And whether you're helping someone improve their health and fitness or improve their business, ultimately both those things are, are vehicles or the foundations to have a better life. You know, the true power of coaching does not come from telling, that's more like consulting. The power in coaching is asking the right questions and getting the person to come up with the answers for themselves so they take ownership of their responsibility and the direction they move in in the future. So there's a fair amount of accountability. Accountability is one of yeah. the keys because yeah. we, you know, that's again, that's where the power of any coaching or mentoring relationship lies because most people, they know what to do. Mm. They just don't do it. And people will often let themselves down, but they've usually got too much integrity to let someone else down. So that's as long true. as they that's know very, the, the very, coach. Very, very true. As long as, they, you know, step one is building rapport. If someone doesn't like you, it's, mm. it's going nowhere. But um, if you can show an element of care and trust and also just say, I'm not here to tell you what to do, I'm, I'm here for you. Mm. Again, one of the reasons I got into it is because, you know, over the last, you know, the course of my life, whenever you get confused, could be personal, could be professional, who do you speak to? Okay, what are your options? Your family, sometimes too close to home. Your mates, they'll say, 
don't worry about it, bro. You're killing it. You've got to speak to someone who's impartial, who's you know, unbiased, objective, and has a skill of asking the right questions to get you to come up with the answers. So I've had some great experiences with coaching myself and ultimately thought it's something I'd like to do. And it sort of comes pretty naturally. And, and you had a, it was a different background before you got into this. I, think you, uh, I suppose, yeah. Finance, was it? Or? Yeah, I completed high school, went to university, did a business degree, worked mm. in the city at a large corporate for, you know, about four years. It, it wasn't a bad job, I, I mm. quite liked it, but I've got a brother two years younger than me. In the meantime, he'd finished high school, become a personal trainer. I thought call out there to Mark, <coughs> Mark Kaplan from Tri Fitness Carrying Bar, one of the best gyms in Sydney. I thought I'd, I'd like to have a go at that after a lifetime myself of lifetime at the time I was twenty three of playing and coaching sport, and um, straight away like got out of this suit in a gym, working massive hours, but shorts and a t shirt felt very congruent. Like I felt yep. very aligned with what I was doing. We'll talk about that later in terms of living in line with your own personal set of core values. But, you know, I loved it straight away, like job satisfaction tripled, income, you know, pretty much doubled. And I thought, hold on, I'm on the right seat on the bus here. And if you look at one-on-one -on -one personal training for 10, 15, 20 years, I did about 30,000 hours of it. You just wow. get a deep, deep understanding of what makes people tick mm. and um, why they do what they do. And you had a very, very helpful parents to him. In the book, you mentioned that your dad said, look, you just got to follow your heart. Yeah, yeah. And well, yeah, I suppose when you're in your mid-20s and you've done four years of uni, then four years of working in yeah. the city, you're thinking about doing something totally different. You, you think to yourself, have I just wasted a decade? But you know, one of my favourite quotes is that there is no wasted effort. Anything that you do, you, you learn from and you take it moving forward. But yeah, Dad, he was the best parent ever. Like even growing up playing rugby league, he, he was never overbearing with the advice. He, he'd give you some if you asked for it, but mm. he just let us do what we wanted to do. I remember being five years old asking if I could ride me, ride me BMX up to down the escalators at Westfield, he would just say, be careful. Mm. So it was good, you know, having that sort of feeling of, I guess, trust and knowing someone trusted you made you want to do the right thing. But probably did the wrong thing plenty of times too. Yeah. Another, yeah, another thing I was going to ask you about is this, is this industry gets questions a lot for its integrity. Mm. There are a lot of people go in, want to be life coaches, but they, they haven't done the appropriate courses. I know you're, you're qualified at it. What do you say to those critics out there that just say, you know, it's unregulated and anyone can get into it, any Tom, Dick and Harry and open up yeah, a coaching yeah. business. I say fair enough, they're probably right half the time, but um, like any industry, whether it be accounting, cleaning, you know, uh, bloody law, there's good and bad people in all industries. I'm mm. in the fitness industry, there's plenty of bad people in my industry. Mm. I kind of like it because it's not that hard to, to, to be really good. The other thing is too, I say, well, firstly, one of my number one rules in life for happiness, peace and contentment is to not worry about what anyone else thinks because you can never change it so people can have their own opinion but if you're thinking about trying a life coach try it do a session you don't need to do a session too but if mm. you're not into it don't do it go do something else i sometimes say to people if you're not happy with where you are you can come and look for a solution or you can just stay currently doing things that you're doing that are making you not happy so a life coach looks at someone looks at where they are now and then also looks at where they that person wants to be in the future. Trying to map out a path. Yeah, with a, with a path plan, mm. with accountability. Accountability and action items, action steps, you know, yeah. to get from A to B or to get from you know, A to G, you've got to go through B, C, D, E and F mm. and, and we try stuff. And then, again, it's a relationship like any relationship where there is 
you know, regular catch-ups and discussion. You know, we tried stuff, it didn't work. We tried stuff, it did work. Do more of that, do less of that. And But even stepping back from that, it's, you know, mapping out your ideal vision of the future, which comes back to mapping out your core values. People might not, might not know what they are, but there's ways we identify those as well. There's got to be something that makes everyone tick inside everyone. There's a bit of genius. You just, we probably haven't had it nurtured through school through your upbringing just trying to find out you know what it is i remember in the book when i was reading and it was a great part of the book it actually really touched me you're talking about i think you did some you went to some seminar and they said you had two years to live yeah yeah so that's an exercise yeah, what would your main values be what would you want to do so we encourage everyone to sit down and say okay you've got two years to live between now and then you're in perfect health mm. how are you going to spend your time what are you going to do and who are you going to do it with and when I had to do that, that was probably about 2013, I was going for a rough time in my marriage, pretty rough. And uh, straight away, I just wrote down, okay, I'd grab my wife, Lauren, we'd travel the world, we'd take my mum and her mum and our kids, because we like our mums, but we also want the mums to look after the kids so we can go and yeah. do stuff. And we'd look at all Smart. the, all the look, look at all the wonderful things and, and try and soak up all the beauty the world's got to offer in this two years. The, the thing is that, the answer to that question is a massive key to your value. So I was in a seminar writing, 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 and the bloke who ran the seminar come up and grabbed my pen. He looked at what I wrote and he circled three words, family, freedom, travel. And he said, they're your values. And I said, mate, <clears throat> you don't know me. Like, yeah. I love business and I love Keeping fit. exercise. Yeah. They're my main values. And he said to me, okay, so if you've got two years to live, are you going to work every day? Are you going to go to the gym every day? And I said, oh, probably not. And he said, they're not your two values. Oh, I get emotional thinking about it now. Mm. Um, he said, he's, and then I, I started crying in front of 100 people. Yeah. He, he was a very blunt bloke. He said, what are you crying for? And um, I said, oh, mate, I've been such, a, such an idiot. Mm. And he said, no, you haven't been an idiot. You just haven't understood that the way that I spend my time staying in shape running business, uh, they're the keys for me to live my values. I love being a business owner because... It gives me a sense of freedom. It also gives me a massive sense of growth, which is another value. Yeah. It gives me the money to travel and look after my family. So the things that you do are either your values or they are you know, linking to your values. There might be people out there that don't like their job, but they work because they want to provide food mm. and a home for their family. But um, yeah, I guess the key is like, again, in life coaching, sometimes they ask people to keep a time log. How have you spent the last week? And when we look at it, up to 90% of the time is doing stuff they don't like. Yep. That's why people get people are getting down. You know, <laughs> Or doing things for other people and not yeah, looking yeah. after yourself. It's a classic, especially with women, putting themselves mm. last, 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 last behind their partner, behind their kids, behind their work. And the book that I've written, which we haven't really touched on, we'll get to it later, but it's called In Shape, In Love, Inspired. So the, 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 the tagline is the three-step blueprint for using peak health as the foundation for an abundant life. So we all want to get the most out of life. Most people recognise that without peak health, you're not going too far. But I see that, you know, health in shape, in love, it's not about so much relationship advice, but it's being A, loving the person you are, yeah. loving the life you live. And there is a little bit about the people you spend the most time with having a massive bearing on mm. you and your behaviour and your actions and your outcomes. And that famous of, George Benson, Whitney Houston song, Learning to Love Yourself is the greatest yeah, yeah, gift yeah. of all. If you don't love yourself, it's going to be hard to love anyone else. Yeah. You know? Well, if you type into Google how to learn to, the first thing that comes up is speak English. The second thing that comes up is love yourself. So there mm. must be millions of people a day typing that in. You've got to ask yourself why that is and where people are at with their head yeah. on their own. Because we have seven times more conversations with ourselves than we do with everyone else in your life combined. 
and the talk that goes inside your head, it's everything. That's right. You mentioned women. I also, I've done my research, 70% of life coaches, mindset coaches, are women. Is there a reason for that? I just reckon it's because uh, it's a relatively nurturing role and it's a very much a series of conversations. Mm. Ladies are probably better at that than blokes. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the case. Now, I've read your book. I've read it three times. Lisa's actually starting to get the shits bit because I'm not spending enough time with her. I'm reading that book all the time. And it's, it's like, it's my new Bible because it gives me inspiration. I'm serious. If ever I'm not eating well, I look at that book. It's, there's no diets in that book. He doesn't, he doesn't set out diets, but he just tells you when you should be eating, foods to avoid, foods that you maybe should be eating. And it's a great book if you want to you, you keep in shape. And it also, I love the positive affirmations that, um, and he's got, he's, got, he's got different quotes from different famous people and things like that. You just look at it. It's one of those books you pick it up and you feel it's inspiration. You feel good about yourself. I've actually got it right here at the moment. This is what it looks like, everyone. It's an international bestseller. It says here, the three steps to wellness, blueprint, and using peak health as the foundation for an abundant life. Now, we're going to get Scott to talk about this book now in a little bit of depth. It's, as I said, to me, it's, it's my new Bible. I love, I love the book. It's fantastic. And I encourage anyone, once it's... And can you buy it now? Yeah, it's on Amazon. Yeah, yeah pretty You much. get it and you'll read it. Tell you, mate, you'll love the book. Thanks, mate. You've pumped it up enough. I fantastic uh, appreciate that. Book. But um, yeah, I'm glad you, you liked it. It's probably something I wanted to do for a number of years. But on the topic of accountability, then I engaged a publisher. And next thing you know, there's a timeline and you you've paid for it and, and you just got to write it. I started writing it in March 2020 when we had our first lockdown. I thought I could knock it out in three months, but it ended up taking a year and a half and pretty happy with how it panned out. It's, um, what's the word, trying to make it relatable and easy to read for mm. people. It's broken up into three sections. In Shape talks about your health. In Love talks about liking the person you are and mm. the, like, the life you live. Inspired, again, a having a, a vision for the future that makes you want to jump out of bed every morning. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think for one reason or another, a lot of people do think that they're sort of, you know, working away 48 weeks a year in a, in a job, having four weeks off. Sometimes you get told when two of those weeks are, they're paying 40% of their income in tax and there's got to be a bit more to life than that if you mm. want it. Some people don't realise they want it. Some people realise there's more, but they don't think it's for them. So how can we make it happen? Yeah, the, the, the first part of the book talks a lot about exercise and nutrition. Wellness is a broad word. Sometimes I ask people, what does wellness mean to you? It could be anything. It could be the social life. It could be uh, you know, the home you live in, your goals for the future. Most people think health and fitness, physical. So the book talks a lot about nutrition exercise. You mentioned nutrition before. You know, Again, 20 years working with people, primarily health, fitness, weight loss, helping people establish and maintain an enjoyable exercise routine. Ended up with like top 20 principles. So top 20 things you can take away. Because I think being in shape should be somewhat effortless and there's ways that we can make it easy. And there's obviously ways that it can be hard. You know, being on a diet all the time, it's hard. It's, it's not sustainable. How can we make it sustainable? So, yeah, hopefully there's a few takeaways. Sometimes I think you've got to read something or sit through a two-day seminar to pick up one nugget of information that could mm. take you through the next 20 years. Yeah, then, like I said, the book does move on. I call it, you know, family, fitness, finances, or career, health, relationships. They're like these three balls we're juggling, mm. especially people in their, you know, 30s, 40s, maybe 50s, 
most people have got work, okay? Not always optional. Most people have got their health and fitness that they want to look after. And a lot of people have got family and kids. Now, work and family and kids, you can't not look after your kids and you can't not go to work. So health is the one that often suffers. And mm. again, through my work, you know, it's just been a whole process of a couple of decades of getting people to not so much prioritise their health because you can't always jam it up to the number one priority, but fit it up there in the top three or four somehow. Mm. So... um yeah, they all work hand in hand and they're like the, uh, you know, we use the analogy of the tumblers on a safe and sometimes you just got to do a little click here and there and it all falls into place. But if it is the three balls we're juggling, most people are dropping a ball. I've got a mate, he's a lawyer, he says you can drop a ball, you can't drop two, you know, mm. these three big, big rocks in our life. So, but I, I do think it's achievable and sustainable to get in top shape, to have awesome relationships around you, you know, mm. your mates, your work colleagues and your intimate partner and then to live a life that you love, you know, and there's ways to do that as well. We call it, you know, just mapping out your, your dream life. Mm. Or would, has anyone mapped out 2022 with a whole bunch of weekends away and holidays planned and what they're going to do for work and, you know, date night and all these things that we can do? Because the things that are easy to do, they're also real easy not to do. Mm. Um, and it just takes a bit of planning, you know? I mean, sending a bunch of flowers to your wife that's for next Thursday, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty that, hopeless with Not surprises. always sending them because you've had a fight with her. That's and it. Was, yeah. That's it. Send them to a work. As in the case with me, if I, if I have a blue and then I'll send it, it's the only time she'll but, get roses. Know, yeah, making dinner. So then the book talks about the five love languages. So, you know, when I was having that rough relationship time, it's because I was doing, I was working a lot, you know, in your head, you're telling yourself you're doing it for your family. But really, I was just doing it for me because I love my work. Um, my wife started to feel pretty neglected. I thought I was doing so the you, right you thing. You felt you were, you were being a bit selfish? She thought she just felt unloved because I was yeah. spending no time with her. Yeah. Um, you know, buying her heaps of nice things and all that. But as it turns out, her love language is quality time. Now, mine is mm. words. I need to be told every now and then, you're doing a great job, you're appreciated. But, you know, she wasn't, at the, she wasn't a real communicator at the time. Mm. So here's me spending no time with her and here's me getting no words from her. And this divide grew. And reading this 100-page book dead set saved our marriage so now it turns out i'm a bit of a time guy we spend plenty of time together and she's great with her communication supports me so much sends me nice messages and it just makes you not want to look elsewhere yeah because um, it's pretty easy what are the chances of two people in a relationship growing together staying on the same page for 40 years it, they're pretty slim and i don't like to say it takes work because that just makes it sound hard but yeah it just takes a bit of awareness to to stay on the same page yeah Another thing I was going to ask you too, when I, when I was reading that, the intermittent fasting, yep, yep, things yep. like that, how you mentioned that you've got to have your meals, the best time to have your meals is between 12pm to 8pm, so those eight hours, and then after that, as it takes so many hours for carbohydrates, yeah, start yeah, yeah, burning yeah. and all that, because a lot of people have breakfasts, first thing they do, we've all been conditioned to get up in the morning, 7 o'clock, whatever, have our toast and things like that, but yeah. if you... You brush the breakfast and then you eat at 12 o'clock or you have a couple of coffees in the morning, right, just to sort of... Keep you going. Sometimes keep it's you about going. the habit of sticking right. something in your mouth. Yeah. Weight will weight, come off a bit, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, again, most people I meet, they want... What do they want? They want to, they want to feel great. They want to look yeah. good. They want to feel great. They want energy, vitality. They want mental clarity. No one really says it like this, but what they really want, um, what they say they want is weight loss and toning. So they're all kind of like the same thing. When someone says, I want to be toned or I want to lose weight, what they probably should say is I want to lose fat because sometimes you can lose six kilos, but mm. no good if it's three kilos of muscle, two kilos of fluid and a kilo of fat, which is what happens when you diet and do a lot of cardio. 
So the two major principles of, of you know, weight loss or fat loss is one, you know, the calories you consume have got to be less than the calories you burn in any 24-hour mm. or seven-day period. And secondly, um, probably the lesser-known fact is that our, our body uses two things for energy, the carbs we consume and the fat stores on our body, and they mm. use them in that order. So if you are a kind of person that wakes up and has wheat bix and then has a couple of sandwiches for lunch, maybe a flat white, a bit of banana bread, and for dinner you haven't, even if it's something moderately healthy like uh, chicken and rice or salad and mashed potato or lasagna when you break it down it's all carbs now you just touched on the fact that it takes us 10 or 12 hours to burn our carb stores after we burn our carb stores we produce a hormone called glucagon that says okay gosh blood sugar is running low what am i going to use for energy bang switches on the ability for our body to use stored body fat as energy and we want to encourage that like just about daily so when you say 12 to 8 is the best time to eat, it's probably the one that people find the easiest to mm. have your last meal. I find that easy. If your yeah. last meal's at 7 or 8 p.m., then it's okay, cool. So you just eat like a demon. I mean, when I say eat like a demon, you, you can't eat crappy sugar. No, no, but there food, is a saying but... that when you eat, it's more important than what you eat. So if you were, even if you start, when I eat at midday, I kind of find that I'm not that hungry in the arvo before I know it, it's dinner. It's, so it is a calorie reduction strategy. But it's the 16 hours off eating that's critical. What can you eat up until midday? Well, you know, you can pump in a litre or two of water. Ideally, have some black coffees. If you can't do black coffee, have a splash or a dash of milk mm. in it. That's what, you know, our mate Troy Phillips did and mm. um, lost 35 kilos that way mm. when I first met him. And he looks unreal. Yeah, well, he's probably 52 years old. I said you should try He's getting better fasting. with age. <laughs> yeah. He actually looks, he's getting better with it's age. It's a weird thing. But then you are, look at the top five food myths, like who said breakfast is the most important meal of the day? You know where that started? 1891, John Kellogg said that. So mm. God love him. That's when he made cornflakes. Yeah, it's funny. You have a look at that, the old food chart. It says eat more grains and pasta and yeah, all yeah. that. And here we are in 2021. And, and now we know that's, you know, that's two out of three people are obese or overweight. Yeah, so that, that goes back to the 50s as well. Dr. Ansel Keys did a, a study, blah, 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 come up with this conclusion that fatty foods cause heart disease and death um, mm. because there was a bunch of countries where people ate a lot of fat and they had a lot of heart disease. In the same study, though, there was about 50 other countries where there was a lot of fat eating and no heart disease. Mm. There's another doctor at the time, another scientist, saying, hold on, it's not the fat, it's the sugar. And long story short, he just got crushed. And then low-fat food movement began um, so we should never pretty much eat a low-fat food again as a matter of fact something like dairy the only good thing about it is the fat so yeah i mean then it gets all you know not so much technical or hard but it's like you know bringing your carbs down a little bit can help we don't need boatloads of protein just a bit and you know can you get some natural fats in your diet whether it be from avocado nuts mm. don't be shy of the fat on meat if you like it have some eggs don't have egg whites eat the yolk you know that sort mm. of stuff and then Back to the other one, don't overeat, eat light. No, the Japanese, they're on the right track. They have intermittent fasting yeah, and, yeah. and they live a lot longer than us. <laughs> they do. They eat till they're 80% full, not till they're full, full. So, Jeez, I um, wish I could do that. <laughs> yeah, well, eating's nice, isn't it? Yeah. It's pleasurable. It's often social. Um, not when yeah. you had parents like me, the food <laughs> that I used to... And even, even the food that my wife gives me at the moment, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you can't help That's yourself. But it's a funny thing, food. It's like personal. It's, 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 it's fascinating. It's frustrating. It's, uh, everyone's different, you know. You, but the good thing about the fasting is it sort of, you can work any strategy in with it. You could be a vegan. You can fast. A vegetarian, you can fast. You might do keto. You can still fast. Mm. Eat whatever you, whatever, you know, whatever way you like. So your, your main things I remember you mentioned in the book is as long as you do some form of resistant training. Yep. Cardio, eat yeah, well, yeah. try and have that sort of eat from 12 to 8. 12 to 8, if you can't 8, do 12, 80, start 11. Is it called the 80-20 rule? 
80-20 rule is probably a little bit different. I, my theory is if you can get your nutrition to be what I call an 8 out of 10, you're doing great. Yeah. Um, ideally, you get your exercise to 10 out of 10. We don't talk about cardio as much as we talk about activity. Mm. If you can get your 10,000 steps in and just not sit on your butt all day, yeah. um, you're going to be going all right. So sometimes I say if you jump on the scales every week and they're not going down, if you want them to go down, you're probably eating too much. It's probably more that than not being active enough. Yep. Owning gyms over the years, I've seen people exercise seven times a week, not shift a kilo. It's because of the nutrition in order of importance it goes nutrition resistance training cardio down there somewhere so some people think they're going to cardio their way to weight loss the harder you go with your cardio the higher your appetite goes so yeah. all, all of a sudden so yeah, you just yeah, want to eat more it's a science isn't it uh, it's a bit of a science but no one really is they stop and go okay cool i'm gonna have honey on toast for breakfast i'm gonna ask myself how i feel two hours later two hours later you'll be hungrier than before the honey on toast your blood sugar goes up and then it goes mm. down that corresponds with, with your energy level so uh, and then, okay, you have a couple of eggs and avocado and a little slice of toast. What the, 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 the fat in the avocado and the eggs, it actually suppresses blood sugar so you don't get the peak in the trough. When you suppress blood sugar, don't forget your body burns body fat. Wow. So it's counterintuitive that eating fat helps us burn fat. We're just trying to... It's not about no carbs. It's just about low carbs. The overall calories is the main important mm. thing. You could eat, you know, more carbs as long as you're not exceeding your calories. So then that's a good thing about working with people one-on-one, I guess. We, every, it's not always about the diet, it's about the accountability too. Mm. If we're going to jump on the scales every Friday, um, it'll make you question your food decisions yep. about 30 times a week, and that really adds up. Okay, we've covered your book now, but as a whole, what's the main attribute you believe you need to be a successful life and mindset coach other than being just a caring person? Yep. Oh, I think step one, you've got to build a build a bit of rapport and trust. You've got to build a relationship. You've got to know how to talk to all all sorts of people. The good thing about my, my work, I guess, is people come to me, whether it be health and fitness, business mentoring or, or life coaching, they, it's their decision to come. It's not like school. It's not compulsory. So it, it, if someone comes to you, A, like they've got to be acknowledged and applauded for putting their hand up to say, yeah, I need a hand here. And after that, you know, you want to... You've got to get people feeling like they're winning. You've got to get people feeling like they're, they're, they're progressing and that they can do it because I always think that I believe in people more than, more than they believe in themselves. You know, even on a fitness level, the amount of people have got to lose 15 kilos and then we, have a, we say, let's do a half marathon. They look, I can't run 21Ks. Four months later, they've run 21Ks. And I say, don't tell me that you can't do anything ever again. But uh, yeah, back to the life and fitness coach, it's about asking the right questions. It's about developing a strategy. You've got to get buy-in. You've got to get permission. Is it okay if I give you some advice? When someone says yes, well, then I've got permission to say whatever I like, but just making people feel comfy. Like I've been in situations where I'm not comfortable giving feedback, but if I make people feel comfy, saying what they think, letting them know there's no right or wrong, and that, um, you know, I'm here to support you, that's... Um, it's, it, 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 it's most of it like another analogy like I spent a few years training fitness models like these are the best bodies in the country exercise and nutrition is about 30% of it the mm. other 70% is support and encouragement yeah it's funny hey it is so you see like someone says oh how does Wayne Bennett coach footy it's not rocket science but it's, a, it's an art he's crafted a, a, over 40 years getting the best out of human beings all those blokes in the other 15 clubs they can all play footy but why are some teams better than the others you know? mm. all right we're going to focus on your business now, specifically. All right, here's a scenario for you. I've got it written up here. Middle-aged, middle-aged bloke who's married with teenage kids. 
He's overweight, no job satisfaction anymore. He poured shitless with everyone and everything seems pessimistic. He feels like the future's not mapped out for him and he can't keep up with all the modern technology and stuff. What methodologies do you put into place so this poor bugger, whoever he is, starts enjoying his life again? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good question, a big one. Step one, well, you know, you'd have a chat, ask him what he's looking for. One of the first things you do is identify someone's most important personal core values. No one ever does that. And then as a result, you get people living 20 or 30 years not in line with the stuff that's most important to them. So, you know, I know mine, there's about half a dozen uh, business, freedom, my intimate relationship, my family, my kids, travel, and personal and professional growth. So everything I do revolves around those things. As a result, never question life, can't wait to get up in the morning and just pump through the day. How do you identify your values? There's a few ways to do it. You could jump on Google and search on core values, print off a page of 300 of them, and circle the top 10. Before we touched on that, that question, I've got two years to live, what do I do? I'd make him answer that question. The answer should flow out of you. Yeah. Um, you can make that question more urgent by saying, I've got six months to live, or I've got 24 hours to live. You know what happens when someone's got 24 hours to live? They call everyone that they love yeah. and tell them I love them. But funnily enough, they haven't done that for 15 years. So um, other questions like, what do you never got to be reminded to do? So there's things yeah. in your life that you've never got to be, rem I've never got to be reminded to go to the gym. I've never got to be reminded to cuddle my kids. Mm. I've never got to be reminded to be booking holidays. I just love getting away, even if it's for two nights on the mm. Central Coast. That's right, yeah. So, um, you know, what's most important to you? All these, all these cool, cool questions. Um, another question like, okay, you're, you're about to die. You've got three minutes to tell your kids the three keys to a happy life. What are you going to tell them? And you get all these cool answers that, that stimulate all this thought and discussion. You might have, like you said, this bloke, he's got, I don't know, a married, married and a couple of kids and a mortgage. He can't just go to work tomorrow and tell his boss he's out of there. But what we can do is plan 12 months from now. 12 mm. months is plenty of time to plan, you know, a, a plan B. And this bloke, you mentioned he can't use the internet so well, but there's a million ways to make money at the moment. And um, we talk about some of those, you know, business ownership, you know, other stuff, online stuff maybe look into a different job. Some people aren't happy with their job, but they stay there. Like, why, why can't you stay in your sh shitty job but have 74 job interviews in the meantime? Try and mm. find something better. You know, mm. you might find something that pays better where you have to work less. So there's just options, options, options. Like one of my favorite analogies is like, um, they say that people in life think they are like the batter in a game of baseball, right? And and, and they're just trying to hit a home run, but you got to think, you're not the batter, right? You, you're the pitcher. And the universe is batting. The universe is a bit funny and weird. But um, all you've got to do is keep throwing pitches and the universe will choose which one to hit out of the park. No, one, no one's throwing pitches. You've mm. got to keep trying. Like I've got this theory where I want life to be a series of trying stuff. If one out of ten things works, I'm pretty happy with that. And you've just got to have the confidence. But most people don't try one thing. You know, mm. like when I was you 20, I was... Your comfort zone and... Nothing good happens people, in your comfort zone. Yeah. Just nothing good happens. And then... This bloke you mentioned, he's got a couple of kids looking at him saying, my dad's miserable. What kind of a role model is he? So sometimes it's not about you. Your dad's old and he's fat. Like, mm. what are you telling your kids? You're telling your kids that's how you live life, but not how it should be. Mm. So, um, yeah, probably get a bit excited about that. But um, I'm, I'm the worst parent at parent-teacher interviews as well, by the way. So uh, mm. they say, you know, she didn't do very good in algebra. It's like, 
is she a nice person? Is she doing stuff that she likes? I've got three mm. daughters, so um, yeah, it's all about the, the kids. Mm. But anyway, just asking people like what makes them happy. I remember being in year 12, being you know, worried about what I was going to do for the next 30 years. I remember being 20, petrified to ask a girl on a date because she'd say no. If I was dating now, I think I'd ask out 300 girls because I know probably 200 would say yes, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, and if they say no, who cares? Like, yeah. I love it when people say no. It's like their loss. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to think. So you ask a lot of powerful questions, obviously, when you, get to, when you meet your client to get to know them. So I'm going to ask you some questions about yourself now. Just give us short answers on them, just straight to the point. They're going to be questions which I, I look at them like this. They're, they're good questions. Anyone that's, that, you know, that probably wants to take up your services, it'll, it'll give them a good insight to how, what you are as a person. So the first question is, how would your friends describe you in one sentence? Probably say direct, bad jokes, thoughtful. That's the sentence. Right, I could right. go on. But, uh, if, you, if you could share a meal with two individuals, living or dead, who would they be? Geez, that's a good question. Um, I'd, I'd say um, my wife and uh, my grandfather who's passed away. Okay. So I didn't go the celebrity route there. I just thought I'd stick yeah, it no, close to home. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. What really makes you happy and optimistic about the future? Well, I think probably the, the biggest factor that makes me happy and optimistic is just what I call hope. You know, as good or bad as things are, just knowing that the future is or going to be or can be mm. better. Um, yeah, always working on stuff that's exciting and stimulating and, um, mm. and yeah, just thinking ahead about things that, you know, get me pumped up. Just jump in there really quickly because I always, I say this to my kids all the time and I'm a great believer of this. I think if you haven't got hope or dreams, to me, you're never going to be happy in life. You need to have something to strive for. Hope and dreams and then, yeah, it ties in pretty closely with faith. Even if it's an unrealistic dream, as long as you've got something, some sort of hope to strive for, yep. It's, it's, it's going to keep... It, it's, it, you'll always be happy. I honestly believe that. What really makes you angry? Well, the first thing I thought of when you said that is what really makes me inspired. And it's just really, really, really nice people. When someone's just so nice. So what makes me angry, I suppose, is... Well, not much, to be honest, but uh, um, just people that are... Negative? Rude. Yeah. Yeah. Negative, I think. I do, I don't, it doesn't make me angry. I just feel sorry for you someone who's negative. feel sorry for them, yeah. I think, oh, gosh. Like, you know what? How many times, in a nice way, I pick people up on their negativity and um, and they, they don't realise they're being negative. That's mm. just how they are. But, you know, one of my favourite sayings, I don't use it much, is when someone's talking and, and I, I know where it's going and I'm like, let me stop you there. You know, just, I don't want to, I'm really, Robin Sharma says that, you know, your mind is a fertile garden. You cannot let a weed grow in there. People are just trying to stick weeds in your head all the time. So yeah. I'm just like, if you want to be negative, that's cool. Just there's not many rules with me, but one rule is no negativity. Yeah, I'd say that with my business, I tell people, yeah, a gym with 300 members, no negativity in here. That's it. Mm. There's a few banned phrases like, I'm tired, I couldn't get a park, it's late, I'm sore. Like, mm. how about flipping it around? I've come here to exercise today. There's a shitload of people who can't exercise. How lucky are we that our yeah, arms and legs move? Good. Oh, it's early. Who cares? That's I'm, like I'm that's all about gratitude, then. Mate, gratitude mm. is the antidote to everything negative. That's true. Very true. Do you judge a book by its cover when you first meet a person? I don't reckon I'm a great bloke, but I reckon I'm not judgmental. So again, back to my work in the health and fitness field, like I don't look at an overweight person and think, 
oh gosh, they're really overweight. They must be have eaten, eaten rubbish for 10 years. I just think, good on you for having a go. Let's go forward. I don't, I don't care about with myself. I don't care anyone. I don't care about the past. It's what happens now. Moving forward, that's all that matters. So, um, I mean, yeah, do it. No, I don't judge them. The only time it gets bothersome is if someone says, for example, my goal is to ABC, lose 10 kilos, and then it becomes extremely clear their behaviour is not in line with their goals. That can be frustrating. But, you know, that's back to them, and that comes back to the questioning. So people are doing stuff. They know what they're doing. They know they should be what they should be doing. They know they're doing the wrong thing. Mm. Then it goes much deeper. Why is that? Why is eating nice? Well, it's... It, 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 it fulfills needs in us and it's pleasurable in the yeah. moment. Now here's one for you. This is, I suppose, this is the uh, one about relationships. Do you agree or disagree with this statement? The one that loves the least controls the relationship. Think, think of a, think of a, it can be either a married couple or, or just a couple living together. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say that it depends, but I, my initial reaction is to say no. My first thought was it's like when somebody's cool and they don't try so hard and, you know, the girl's always like the yeah, girl yeah. doesn't try hard. Yeah, but yeah. No, no, I think I'd, that, that, may, that may be true in, in less, uh, what's the word, um, you know, spiritually or emotionally developed people, but with, you know, people who are self-aware and um, care about themselves and others. I wouldn't say that's the case. You've answered that very well. <laughs> I'm <laughs> serious. Try not to sit on the fence, but no, no, you have. You've answered that really, really well. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to throw in the lucky seven questions. Have you been watching all the podcasts? I ask everyone this question. If you had divine power from God, so you could change something about yourself, anything about yourself, what would it be? Mm. Well, big mullet to start with. But um, what would I change about myself? It's a good question because, I mean, you know, you'd think there'd be something. Mate, um, I don't know, I'm pretty happy with myself. Like, just, you know, it's not perfect, but uh, what would I change about myself? Mate, I've got nothing. What would, you got any thoughts? Mate, in all honesty, you're a very impressive human being. I wouldn't change many things, mate, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Oh, mate, you know, I don't talk about would I change anything I've done in the past. Not really. Like one thing you've, I you've lived. You've lived a full life. Yeah. You know, you've, you've you've had your ups and downs, like we all have. You've you know you've. No, mate. I you're don't you're actually, I, mate. I, I I measure it from. All I know is when you spoke to my son, and you had that meeting with him, he was like, not many people can get through to him yeah. at times, and he was he was like, oh, that's that Scott kid. blew me away. That's so, nice. That's yeah, that was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's to me, that's an endorsement. So, oh, thanks for trusting fantastic. me with him. That's good. Yeah. But um, no, no, all good. So in the words of the great Sylvester Stallone, and I finish all my podcasts with this, if he can change, which means I can change, which means we can all change. So until my next podcast, and as I always say, don't take any shit from anybody. See you later. See you guys. Thanks, Adrian. <laughs>